Hey, kiddos, I'm recording a podcast. It would be really helpful if you could. I can't lock the door. I'll try and lock the door. All right. We're back. <laughs> Real life. This is the safari. The Safari is a tour around the consumer, brand, and retailing industry. And we have the great privilege here at my company, Traub, to really be exposed to many of the great minds of the industry who are forming and shaping the future of many different parts of the consumer, brand, and retail world. And I felt it was quite interesting for us to be able to not only learn from all of those people as we do every day, but uh, memorialize it into a podcast which could then be shared with many of our friends and clients and, and you, obviously, the listener. Today, I'm speaking to three CEOs of digital native brands who have started a group called Brands X Better, which is a charitable initiative on behalf of what is now nearly 30 brands that have come together to raise awareness and funds for various charities that are helping the COVID-19 crisis. And so it's really wonderful to have uh, John, Melissa, and Nate with me here today, uh, obviously by Zoom, so they're not with me, but nonetheless, um, welcome to what will be a rather noisy podcast with children all over the place. But hey, these are the worlds and the times that we live in. So it'll be fun. Uh, stick around. All right. So um, thank you guys for convening on what is, I think, relatively short notice. Um, because you have uh, joined a group of, uh, I think, actually initiated by one of you, uh, and you formed a group of brands that are really trying to help the community um, that is affected by everything going on with COVID-19. Uh, and obviously, you're affected yourselves, your brands, and you are um, in the middle of your own firestorm. Uh, so it's really wonderful to see uh, an example in our industry, of which there are many, I must admit, but this is a a really wonderful one, I think, to shine a light on because you're young brands, you're relatively young brands. It's not like you are, you know, behemoths. And so, um, you know, e pluribus unum, together you will be uh, one powerful force potentially. So maybe uh, let's kick off uh, with you each introducing uh, yourselves. So who wants to go first? John? Hey. Nate? <laughs> All right, I'll start. Uh, yeah, so my name's Nate Checkets, and I'm the CEO and co-founder at Rome. John? Yep. John Ballet, and I'm the CEO and co-founder at Not Standard. Good to see you, Morty. You too, buddy. Melissa right. Mash, co-founder and CEO of performance bag brand Dagny Dover. So it's three of the coolest brands around, and, and maybe list, list a few of the uh, collaborators, if you would. Uh, I guess Nate should do this, because I think this might have come out of your, out of your garage. <laughs> this definitely was a team effort and uh without these other two on the on the call we wouldn't have gotten it up off the ground but we have you know we've estimated um we've got 27 brands an estimated billion plus in annualized revenue um between the brands great brands like uh bull and branch greats somersault um obviously dagny dover not standard kapari um clean simple eats uh Cotopaxi, 
Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but uh, just just amazing brands, great brand leaders. Um, you know, I I could keep going, but uh, but we're really really fortunate to have the group of people and the group of brands around this. Good for you. So, why don't you describe what this is, BXB? Yeah. So th- the idea really came in a couple of waves, but it started with this thought that you know we're in this interesting time where. Um, obviously, as consumers are tightening their wallets, um, there's kind of this push towards lowest common denominator shopping. And, you know, that's going to, uh, to big outlets like Amazon, Walmart, um, each of which have added a significant number of jobs. Um, and yet there are so many amazing brands that are, you know, that really are trying to be very conscious about how they handle this time. And one of the things that I love about, you know, kind of my fellow entrepreneurs and, and the brands that we're trying to create is that it really starts with people. It's, it's, you know, it's people above all else. You know, the way we treat our teams, the way we treat um, our customers, the way we treat our suppliers, and, and all of us are being impacted by this. You know, not only are in some cases are we having to close retail stores, which, you know, I think all of us on this call um, have, um, you know, if we have wholesale accounts, those are being impacted. And we decided, look, um, we all still want to have an impact no matter what. So we're going to bind together and unite our forces to, um, to help contribute. So every single brand in this coalition is contributing um, either 2% uh, plus of sales or 10% plus of proceeds to a nonprofit uh, associated with COVID-19. So in addition to that, we've, we've asked all of these brands to kind of step in and, um, and communicate that to their, uh, to their customers and also to support each other, to support more conscious shopping in terms of how we work together. Good for you. And so um, obviously today, given that COVID-19 is sort of the only thing that anyone ever talks about and every institution is focused on, and therefore most charities are somehow touching, have you guys um, narrowed down the kinds of uh, charities that you're uh, uh, working with? Yeah, it's really up to the brand. Um, each brand knows its customer, knows what's important to that customer, and knows what's going to resonate with that customer. Um, so, for example, for Dagny Dover, we actually decided to offer three different types of organizations and different types of relief that our customers could choose from, um, from Feeding America to Save the Children to um, the CDC Foundation, et cetera, because this pandemic really impacts so many aspects of people's lives. We wanted people to be able to you know, feel like they had a little bit of control in that um, additionally, a lot of us brands uh, were built on customer feedback, you know, from the very beginning and really taking that input into everything that we do. So this has also been a, a way for us to have a dialogue with our customers and our fan bases so that we find what's important to them and can help, um, you know, them contribute to giving back with us. Could you each maybe give a, a, one example of a charity that you will each be, um, be supporting? Yeah, and um, if something that, that I'd love to add in on that, the the way that everyone built these brands, and when I say everyone, I'm talking about the group of 27, which will soon be 35, 40 plus, is that they're relatively new in nature, um, and we have very tight relationships with the suppliers and supply chains, right? Like these are largely supply cha- you know chain driven businesses. So when we at Not Standard were thinking about, hey, how to choose a charity, we went through. Um, you know, top 10 charities uh, endorsed by X, Y, and Z, and then thought, listen, we've got 15 international partners spread between Europe and East Asia. And through that supply chain, we, we can actually do substantially more 
um, by just leveraging, leveraging our own individual supply chain than we could by dropping off a check to another institution. So the conversation I had with, with Nate was, hey, instead of going into a blue chip kind of household charity, if we took all of these dollars and just helped source as many um, you know, N95 and K95 masks as humanly possible, we could actually make a lot bigger impact much faster. Um, yeah. And so we've been kind of on a tear on that process, uh, which is a little bit atypical to, you know, the way that you would usually kind of respond in a crisis like this. And, you know, proud that we have assets as a business in terms of our supplier relationship that helped us um, do more good for more people in a short amount of time. And Morty, I think that's what's so cool about this is the way that the brands have come together, have shared best practices. You know, there are a number of, uh, of apparel brands in the mix who are looking at supply chains, looking at sourcing PPE, um, looking how to get those into the hands of, of doctors and hospitals responsibly. Um, there are a lot of amazing nonprofits. Uh, one that we're involved with is called Direct Relief, which is um, helping frontline medical workers uh, in terms of equipment and protective um, you know, uh, PPE products. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to create this stability and conversation because, you know, it's something we all believe in. We get further together as a, um, as a group and we can accomplish more when we're working together than we can independently. Yeah. And it's cool because as digitally native brands, we're used to being very nimble and having to react quite quickly to things. So it was awesome that we were able to get this up very quickly, which is obviously really challenging for a lot bigger organizations as well. Well, and, and just, just to add to that, you know, to put that in some level of scale from a timing standpoint, uh, you know, while we came to the table with the idea, um, Melissa's team at Dagny said, we'll build a site. And I think in 72 hours, they had designed and coded up uh, the initial site. And when I tell people, you know, some of these much larger brands who have now reached out, we're talking about brands that are you know, in the 50 billion plus revenue that have asked about being involved. And we tell them that we put all this together in the time that we did. They just can't believe it. It's incredible. It's, it's been really interesting to witness from my vantage point what's going on, you know, at the city and the state and even the, the national level, having the, the fashion industry, you know, try to pivot so quickly. I mean, my short story on that, and I think it would be really interesting to get you guys looped in or vice versa, frankly, because of my my uh, seat at Parsons, where I'm on you know, the vice chair, I'm supporting Kay Unger, who is the chairwoman of Parsons. And, you know, for Congressman Maloney, who is New York City's uh, congresswoman, there's a whole initiative about, you know, moving the industry into into this kind of mobilization. I mean, it's 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 wartime stuff. It's what happened in World War Two. And, and you're seeing it happen in short order with the power of communication and, and not only New York or American companies, but also um, Asian companies and European companies all mobilizing to help this cause. And I think, you know, the, the initiative that, was the, that we're working on is called um, Fashion for the Front Lines, which is just getting ropes. The whole idea is to just get, um, uh, to be focused specifically on, on um, isolation ropes Obviously, a lot of people are doing all kinds of other things. And I think what you, your initiative and the nimbleness, which is so important because ultimately being able to move quickly in this environment, I mean, the head of the United Nations Health Organization said last week that speed trumps perfection. And mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times I've said that in my business, in my life, in, in my 
helping the industry move into developing PPE. You know, you can't wait for the level three, um, the level three, uh, 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 you know, technical gowns. John, you using your supply chain as as, ex- as an example, or your Chinese factories to to help with certain elements. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and um, you know, so when you think about you know, kind of w- what does a supply chain entail, it entails like what are your partners making in real time, um, and then what relationships do you have along the way, um, and some things that that you know we can share. Um, all of the all of our partners that we've built across the globe have access to. Um, you know, a shelf or a truck of masks somewhere that they can throw into, um, you know, kind of the exit route to get to the United States. Uh, at the same time, both of our, our big manufacturing partners are also making masks in real time using a percentage of the floor staff. And so we've been buying those and dedicating more and more resources to them because the more we buy, the more people they can employ and so on and so forth. And so, you know, when you look at, at you know, how it differs across these different countries and, and the regulations, I think the, you know, the speed over perfection, you know, couldn't be more true than right now. We're seeing some great things come out of Asia, which is really firing on all cylinders. We have some great Italian partners who are really suffering as well. Um, and we're really trying to get even some of the mass from Asia into Italy um, on the way back in, which is, um, which is also extremely bureaucratic. Um, and they're worried, worried about perfection as well. So we're able to, you know, take some of our great partners and say, hey, we appreciate this. Let's help one of our other suppliers in here and make sure that everyone comes out um, in one piece on the back end of all this horror. We'll be right back. I want to take a second to explain to you why Traub is able to bring you the safari. We pride ourselves in being at the very center of a very global, very complicated consumer and retail landscape. And in our travels, as we help think, manage and expand businesses, in many different channels and geographies. We're able to meet and learn from some of the great minds in this industry, and it's really wonderful to be able to bring them to you. And in doing so, I hope that you, the listener, will be able to learn a little bit more about what we do at Traub as well. Back to the safari. So the issue um, in the industry uh, has been, uh, in general, I think, over the last years, one of connecting with consumers, being able to be transparent, to be sustainable, to be um, to be human with one's customers. I heard a uh, story from a client yesterday who's a young French brand, um, not dissimilar to you guys. Um, and that company wrote an impassioned email to their employees saying to them, I really need you in this time. And, um, you know, please buy my products, please support us, etc. Um, do you find that um, your customers, given the amount of time and effort that you've put into nurturing that relationship, maybe more so than any other vintage of brands, um, are you feeling any, are there any stories of, of interest about your consumers sort of coming, coming to your support in various different ways, maybe through this initiative and maybe there are other stories? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I can think of several examples, but, you know, just taking it from a higher level view if you go back a hundred years ago, our relationships with retailers were on an individual level, right? You know, you knew the local butcher, you knew the local baker and they knew you and they knew what you wanted. And, you know, then everything moved to mass and now it's moving to some beautiful hybrid of those two things where brands today are building one-to-one relationships with their customers and knowing them on a data level 
um, in an important way to help cater and, and uh, serve them. And, um, and there's even been research done that online communities can give some of the same psychological uh, benefits as uh, physical in-person communities can. You know, they're seeing it with, um, with elderly populations that are engaging in, um, in Facebook communities and so on. And I think that each of us as brands have tried to build communities um, and not just kind of individual relationships with customers. And so um, we have this Facebook group of, uh, of, of folks that are just kind of diehard Roan customers who, who love the brand. Um, and we didn't necessarily go out to them hat in hand saying, you know, please support us during this time. But we did, um, but we, we did send some very sincere messages that we appreciate your business and that we appreciate you shopping with us. And it makes a big difference to us. And, um, you know, please know that as you, as you make these decisions where to spend your money, we value and care about when you spend it with us. And that was incredibly well received. And, you know, we've even had a promotion going and we've had customers reach out and saying, I'm refusing to use the promotion because I just want to support you during this time. So, uh, so we've had a lot of uh, amazing examples that way. That's really cool. John and Melissa. Yeah. Um, just kind of adding into to what Nate said, you know, our business has, has been very hyper local for a long time, right? The menswear store, uh, in each individual community was largely relationship, you know, driven by people that, um, you know, lived and worked in the community, you know, not standard at, at a slightly different scale, uh, has a large element of that. And what I've been super proud of is, you know, there are certain businesses right now that, um, that really just do need our help because the doors are completely closed and they're unable, uh, to deliver anything because they're maybe the, the best restaurant in town, but they're physically closed, uh, and there's nothing they can do outside of, outside of takeout. Um, what I love that we've been able to do is we've been able to say, listen, um, we're not asking for charity, but we're asking for a very kind of apropos in real time reciprocation. We're selling product. We're shipping product. We think this is an apropos thing for you to buy right now in the current environment. And we'd love to send it right to your door uh, in the coming weeks as we all get through this together. And that's had a great response and, and made us feel really good because we didn't have to go full hat in hand. We're still delivering the same product and service that we've been proud of at Not Standard. Um, but they've also stepped up and said, yeah, I would like to buy that because that would help me in, in the current time, even though um, there's certainly an element of uh, kind of graciousness that's gone into them making that purchasing decision. Um, but we've been super grateful to see it. Thank you. Yeah. And then on our end, we, we really have been using this time not as a time to ask for people to support our business, but really to give them a lens into what life at Dagny is like and what our team is like. And, you know, very few people know that we're 20 people. Very few people know like what our policies are in place for how we're dealing with this, with our employees, et cetera. Um, and what our plan is. So we posted um, uh, sort of a letter to our customers on our website. We've posted things on social. We posted um, just what we're doing at our distribution center to make sure our personnel are, are taken care of and additional hy hygienic measures are being taken, et cetera. So I think just a transparency of what we're doing as a company, we've gotten amazing response from people just knowing a little bit more about how we make decisions or, you know, how we, how we treat everyone in our, in our circles. Um, and that has built a lot of really positive rapport in terms of driving sales. Um, I think that that has also, you know, encouraged people to stay engaged with their brand. They may not be needing a bag at this moment in time, given that they're not going to the gym, they're not traveling, they're not going to work, et cetera. But given that we did just launch our spring summer collection about two weeks ago, a lot of that imagery 
has been extremely well received. It's called Infinite Summer. So a lot of people are just like dying over the imagery of wanting to get back to that feeling of nostalgia and warmth and, you know, being social with friends and, and being out and about. So um, it's created a lot of just like generally positive vibes as well. Good for you. Yeah, I, I know my, my mother's been sending me all kinds of trips that she's intending to, to take us mm-hmm. on. I'm like, go for it. But I don't know when, but I go for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, two more questions. The first is, under the heading of, of hope, um, I'm a big believer that this thing is, you know, awful. It is the worst thing that's hit any of our lives. But I do believe that uh, we're all going to be incredibly strong and resilient for it because of the creativity that comes from having to stop. So if you could each share uh, an example of how you are so hopeful um, and, um, and a positive story that, that really makes you feel great about your business, your customer, life, the world, it could be anything. And then, and then let's, let's close after that with just tying a bow around um, BXB and, and, and uh, making sure that everyone knows what, where, where they need to go and, and what they should do and uh, et cetera. So um, let's, 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 let's dial up the positive, guys. Let's tell me what, what's on your mind. Well, I'll go ahead and, and start. Um, you know, I, there's been there's certainly a lot of silver linings that come out of this. And I think you're right. This is, you know, at least for most of us on this call, this is probably the hardest economic time any of us have, uh, have faced. And yet when we compare and contrast it to uh, the difficult experiences that human history has faced, it just pales in comparison. Um, and so, you know, trying to put it in relative terms, not just in absolute terms, you know, that, that helps me have some perspective here. And, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate. I've, I've, I have three boys um, and uh, I love them. They're my greatest joy and my wife. Uh, and I, I, you know, to have this time to get to spend more with them, I challenged each of them to come up with kind of a goal of what they wanted to accomplish. And my youngest son wanted to learn to ride a, a, a two-wheeler bike. He's four. Um, and yesterday, you know, we do, I, I am in charge of recess. My wife calls me the PE teacher, which is probably the least flattering thing she's ever called me. Um, but, uh, you know, but, um, I took him yesterday and after a week of, you know, not sure whether he was going to get it, he rode clear across the parking lot. And it basically brought me to tears that I could get to be there every single day, you know, have this experience with him. Um, and, uh, there's so much, there's so much beauty, so much goodness. If we look around, there's so many people doing really good things, trying to do good things. And I heard this quote the other day about as we rush back into normalcy, um, let's think about the things that we need to rush back to and, uh, and what we want to keep from this moment as we move forward. And I think that's really, really important. Amen to that. Thank you. Um, that's, that's really well said. I'll, I'll go on the back end of that because, kind of how you conclude is, is a lot how we've been talking about things at our, at our nightly dinner table. You know, I think we, we built, you know, over a 10, 15 year bull market, we built these routines and these pieces of like infrastructure in our life that made things slightly easier. Um, and they just kind of stacked and we started to take them for granted kind of one at a time. Right. So all these things that it took to make your life run, um, you know, were kind of incrementally added over the years and, you know, someone that helps you, and loves and, and takes care of you, you know, my daughter, uh, during the weeks, right. I'm able to spend time with them during the day, the things that help, um, my wife and I connect all the different things that we have, you know, been allocating time to, they're just on halt. 
and you're looking at them and thinking, hey, when did we make our lives so complex, right? Both as a couple, uh, as a family, and, and as a civilization. And on the back end of this, um, what's really important, right? What's important is the people that are around your own dinner table and how much time you get to spend with them and how much time do you get to share those moments together. And so I think it's, it's given us a great opportunity as a family to kind of evaluate, like, hey, how do we slow things down um, on the back end of this, um, you know, very purposefully. And you have to think that much of our society is having a very similar thought and a similar moment um, with all the time for introspection. So I feel like the net effect of that is as society, um, we're a lot more conscious uh, of the way we spend our time, a lot more conscious at the pace in which we're all running. No question. Thank exactly. You. Yeah, I feel similarly. Um, you know, this week we've had, we're, we're having conversations with each of our employees so that they are aware of everything that we're doing as a company in order to be able to um, weather the storm and, and be prepared and, you know, what that could mean for each of them individually as well. And through it all, some of them have said, like, how are you guys doing as founders? And, and our response has been, you know, like, we're okay because we've been through storms. This is obviously on a different scale. It's obviously different factors that have resulted in, you know, um, the state that we're all in right now. But the truth is that we have dealt through a lot of really challenging situations in particular in the first years of the business that have prepared us to be able to hopefully navigate this well. Um, and having that perspective of like, hey, we don't have to we don't have to act or um, react as in, hey, let's throw the, what, what's, the, what's the expression, throw the baby out with the water, throw the water out, throw the water out with the baby. We don't have to overreact in that way, but let's be really prudent about how we're approaching these next steps um, and, and be confident that, you know, we can make smart decisions to be able to, to be able to survive and, and navigate. And also like founder life is really intense, you know, so we've all been running on these treadmills of the, the yeah. processes that John's talking about and just like not taking time or not taking the extra time to be able to spend with our kids, et cetera. And now, like, for example, I was like, I don't want to live my life where at the beginning of every day and at the end of every day, or even throughout the whole day, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the news and I'm like, you know, trying to stay on the pulse of every single thing that's happening with, with, with this right now. I also want to nourish myself. I also want to be uh, developing myself. So I decided I'm going to take up guitar and I started to teach myself guitar last night. And that's a way for me to focus my energy and passion on something else that's completely unrelated to all of the negativity or all of the stress that's coming from every other aspect of our lives. Um, in addition, as the others know, I'm like almost 39 weeks pregnant. So that's a whole other thing with my second child and delivering in New York city, et cetera. So, um, you know, I think it's just really important that this gives us a moment to pause, to reflect upon like, what do I actually want my life to be on a day to day basis? And how am I going to approach this with calm? Well, thank you guys for sharing those very personal stories. I, I, for, for, for my part with my colleagues and even with my family, we've been, trying to focus on, on these three concentric circles. Um, and the three concentric circles at the very center are the things that you can influence and the things that you can control. The ones on the outside are the things that you can influence or the second ring that influence but not control. And the, the last ring are the things that you cannot influence nor control. And we're trying to spend most of our time at the center on the only the things that we can influence and control. And the news um, is definitely on the outer ring. <laughs> it's like, stay away from the news. Um, it's not, and I don't believe that's putting, putting your head in the sand. I think, uh, you know, I think all these, these journalists do a remarkable job, but they can take you um, to the most um, 
awful places that you, you don't need to focus on uh, when trying to run a family and a business. Um, so uh, to close out, guys, um, remind everybody the mission, the promotion, the activity, um, and once again, your, your chosen charities, if you, if you want, um, just to, to close on out. So maybe start with Melissa this time. Sure. It'd be awesome if people visited brandsxbetter.com for our mission and to get involved and as well as to see the full list of the 27 brands that are participating in this coalition. We wanted to come together instead of being brands that did this all separately and had our own messaging on our own sites. We felt that it was better and stronger for us to have one united message about why we're giving back to these chosen initiatives um, on behalf of us brands and why we're involving our customers to also participate. Thank you. Guys, want to add any, any last thoughts? You know, I'll, I would just add that, you know, as, um, as we go through this, I really loved what you said, Morty. Um, I read uh, a quote by C.S. Lewis that he wrote during um, the atomic age is what he called it. And, uh, you know, this was a time in England where they were fearful that uh, an atomic bomb would be dropped on them every single day. The news talked about it. The radio talked about it. Um, everybody lived in fear and it was, it consumed them. And he wrote this great piece, which is so applicable today called living in a, in an atomic age. And effectively what he said is to some degree, we spend far too much time thinking about an atomic bomb. The reality is that all of us will face death, that all of us will face face challenges. And, and all we can do is that when if and when that time comes, it will find us doing simple and human things. Now, we should absolutely respect social distancing and we should respect the experts. But, you know, if we allow ourselves to be consumed by just the thinking of this, we will miss um, what an opportunity this is for us. You know, maybe the only time in our lives that we have quite like this to stop and reflect and to bind together and to look for opportunities to do good and uplift. And I think there are so many great examples of that. And uh, I could not be more proud than to, um, to be with Melissa and John and, uh, and privileged for you to have us on and, and these amazing brand leaders. I think there's a lot of good that we can do and a lot of good that can come out of this. Thank you, John. Yeah, I won't, I won't alter a perfect close there, Nate. Uh, that was well said. I think the um, you know, kind of ethos of Brands for Better is that we will all be much better off if we can do this as a group, kind of come together with a shared mission. Um, and that's true for all the digital native brands that are out there. It'll be true for all the brands, all the people for our country, um, and moreover for our world here um, over the coming six to eight weeks as we weather through this. So um, proud of what this small sliver of 27 companies is doing. Um, and certainly we have a long way to go, but um, this helps make things all the better uh, and does its fair share of doing good along the way. Well, I think that's a, a nice way to end it as well. Well done, all of you. Congratulations. And I think the moral of the story is that, you know, when, when, you're, when, you, when you've got a crisis, call an entrepreneur and a founder because they know what it's like uh, and they can, they, can, they can organize come hell or high water. So uh, thanks for everything you're doing. Um, I couldn't be prouder to to know you guys and um, you know, you count us as friends and allies and whatever you need um, at Traub and even at fashion for the front lines. And uh, we're, we're here for you. And so um, thank you all for being on the safari and um, 
good luck, okay? Thank, Thank, you, Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. If you want to learn a little bit more about Traub, you can go to traub.io, where you'll learn a lot about everything that we do. If you're enjoying the safari, please do share it with your friends and colleagues within the industry. And please also don't forget to subscribe and like it. Until next time.